another episode of The Worst Thing I've Ever Watched. I'm Colleen, and I don't know why I'm talking like this. <laughs> and I'm Helen. And this is a podcast where we watch TV that is horrible, and then we come here and we talk about it, and we relive it and break down the horror and hilarity for you. Yes, and... Now, this episode is the first installment of our Halloween season episodes. Or the Halloween, if you will. Halloween. The Halloween for the season. Yes. Is spooky movies that are terrible. This and- movie is not very spooky, though, but they try, they're trying to make it spooky, but it's they actually really, really funny. It's really. It's so bad. So I've wanted to see this movie that we're talking about today literally forever because there is a video online, YouTube, I do declare, that is super cuts of the worst moments in the movie. (laughs) And there is one (laughs) clip in particular that really catches the viewer's eye. And it's a video of Nicolas Cage wearing a helmet of bees and he goes oh not the bees not the bees not the bees oh the bees oh not the bees and it's amazing and that is what inspired me to select this film also because I've started cross-referencing my shit and looking at Rotten Tomatoes to make sure that the things I choose are bad because the last few things I've chosen were not very bad at all And this had, I believe, a 15%. I'm too lazy to go check now because that's just part of my personality. But I'm pretty sure it was 15% of Rotten Tomatoes. I think you're correct because I looked at it recently also and it was was around that level. And it has a 3 out of 10 on IMDb, which I think is pretty generous. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's pretty generous. Although it did have some entertainment value, I would say. Like it was... It really fit the it fit the bill of like what we are here to do, which is it was so bad. It was very entertaining. It was very too like so I had seen this before, but I had seen it. I watched it maybe five years ago or something. So I didn't really remember the actual plot. I just remembered some of the funny scenes. Mm -hmm. But then I had watched. um, Have you watched Midsummer? Yes. This is like Midsummer meets Nicolas Cage. And that's yeah. what I kept thinking the whole time. I was like, oh my God, wait. <laughs> I wish I wish that they were gonna make him like the queen. Yeah. It's <laughs> like Midsummer meets um Twin Peaks almost. Yes, there is like, in, a, like weird, a very bizarre way. There is a weird Twin Peaks uh aspect to it. There's also there was this. Oh, what was it called? It was called like something island. I'm going to have to ask our cousin on this because we watched this. It was a little horror like mini series that was really cheesy. And it was about. I remember you and Jane watching this. Yes. They went to a wedding on an island mm-hmm. and then everyone it ended up being kind of like a slasher. Yeah, like thing. they're stuck on the island and then they're yes. being hunted situation. Yes. So it had moments of that, too. where like, oh, no. The boat's gone. The helicopter's gone. No, the, the helicopter's broken. All that where they're like, oh no, we're trapped. That kind yeah. of vibe. Yeah. So the movie we're talking about today is none other than 
the 2006 remake of the classic The Wicker Man, which apparently the original movie is very, very good. And on the surface, there this movie has some things you're like this could work out well it has Nicolas Cage which some would argue is an incredible actor others would argue is like a joke of an actor but then the adaptation was written and directed by Neil LeBute who is like a relatively well-regarded like Broadway um, playwright and director who's sort of become like he's sort of become a joke in and of himself in the theater world because his style of like overlapping dialogue like swept the theaters in the early 2000s and like late 90s or whatever and that was like the first time that that was like written that way and everybody was like oh my god it's so realistic and then like kind of over time people like he became a a pun in and of or like a joke in and of himself because that became so overdone I see. But so I was like, maybe there's potential for this to be a good movie because Neil Butte is like generally well regarded. But this is an embarrassment to his career. Oh, he, and I'm sure he buried this under like the rest of his shit <laughs> on his resume. Directed it also. Yeah, which I think is where they went really, really wrong because the direction is horrible. It's very all over the place. And the writing is not very good either, but like with a there's better a director, of, the writing There's a lot of symbols better. that you think are going to be symbols and don't end up really being symbols. Like the doll? Yeah, the doll and then the audio, the self-help audiobook called Everything's Okay. Yeah. I thought that and would be- never, Have you seen my tapes? It's, it's called, called Everything's, Everything's Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the lady's like the fuck she's like great everything's okay (laughs) okay 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 hold on we gotta start at the beginning we're about we're gonna do what we do we just jump around out of order (laughs) (laughs) so the premise of this movie is that Nicolas Cage is a cop somewhere like in the middle of fucking nowhere like unspecified California so I'm assuming it's northern california near like the nevada oregon Mm. area because the island that he goes to is they say pacific northwest okay okay so he's a cop and it opens in this diner i feel like this opening scene like explains so much of the tone of the rest of the film because it's like every actor on screen was like this is my moment and like every line and like glance is so like overthought and like they're like I'm really doing something like the waitress is like hey honey your salad's ready like your salad's up (laughs) and she's like talking to like the other people at the bar and she's like here you go here you go gramps like (laughs) And Nicolas Cage, when she tells him his salad is ready, he's like looking at the self-help book, everything's okay. And he takes it with him and it's like audio tapes (laughs) because apparently he's concerned that he's not okay. We really don't learn anything about him in these moments other than he's buying this thing that says everything's okay. And he's like, whatever, bitch. And he's a traffic cop on a motorcycle and he's wearing a leather jacket 
Mm-hmm. And he's listening to a self-help book. Who listens to audiobooks on a motorcycle? <laughs> yeah, like question. I know people people do listen to the radio on the motorcycle and they like fucking blast that shit because how I've can heard you actually it. listen to an audiobook? Yeah, like racing down the highways listening to Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, was, it's a cop and he's listening to 50 Shades of Grey. <laughs> No, he's listening to Bridgerton. Yeah. Die. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just picturing that and it's hilarious and I love it. It's my favorite. And I thing. love it. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what he's doing. Like he must yeah. be listening to it while he's motorcycling. But I, I never thought- explain. They purposefully show the cover of it. It's called Everything's Okay by blah blah blah. I don't remember the name of the author. Yeah. And then he brings it up later again. And so yeah. I thought that, like, is that going to, is the author of that going to be, like, tied into this On somehow? Island. Yeah, but no. It just it, has nothing to do with anything. It's one of those things that's, like, th- I'm going to write this in and it's going to be, like, a quirky little, like, super duper subplot. Like, it's going to yeah. be just this, like, quirky little thing about this character. But, like, it never comes back. Except for when he, like, loses it when he gets to the island. Yeah. And then he's like, where's my, have you seen my tapes? It's called Everything's Okay. (laughs) Everything's okay. Yeah, and the girl's like, everything's okay, great. Okay, whatever. Great. Freak. So, (laughs) Nicky Cage eats his salad, I guess. And then he's, like, motorcycling in the middle of nowhere and he pulls over the station wagon because a doll gets thrown out the window and he like picks it up very slick he picks it up on his motorcycle like never gets off it and just like snags it off the ground and then he pulls them over to give the little he turns girl on the a doll siren back. for it too which i would be really pissed if a cop turned on a siren just to give me back like something a kid kids yeah i would be like scared but how would you know to pull over if he was just like behind you? Like I would be still worried. I would be like, this cop is fucking behind me riding my ass. I would, would kind of like, be like, over. I'd be kind of like, if my kid throws some shit out the window, they learn the lesson that like, your hey, shit's gone now. Shit out the- <laughs> your shit's gone <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that happened when we were kids. Like we would accidentally drop something or lose something. Yeah. Well, gone now. Learned Object permanence, little asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Learn that the things that you have don't just reappear. Like, right. yeah. So he like knocks on the window, and the mom's like, "Oh, thank you!" And he gives the little girl the doll back, and then they're like pitch chatting. This bitch is like, I'm bored. And she throws the doll out the window again. Yeah. And, and then he's like, it. the mom's like, I'm so sorry. She's such a little brat today. And he's like, it's all right. I got it. And then he bends down to get it. And then all of a sudden, a semi truck comes out of nowhere and it hits the freaking station wagon. I don't know, T bone style, full on. Yeah. Like straight on. Shit Smashes just explodes. It. And then Nick Cage sees that all the shit is on fire. And he's like, the little girl, because obviously the mom is literal toast at that point. So he goes back to get the little girl and he's like going to smash in the back of the car window with his helmet. And then it peels back very suspiciously. Yes, he grabs his, he is wearing leather gloves, like leather mm-hmm. motorcycle gloves. And he grabs it with both hands and pulls it away with his gloves on yeah 
very weird. I've never seen a car like melt like that. I was very mystified by the way that it like rolls. Like it got very like fabric like when he was like trying to peel it back and it was like yeah, melting. Black. It was strange, but um he goes to try to pull the little girl out, but then another blast of fire shoots him like ass backwards onto the asphalt. <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure it fades to white or black. Yes. And then we cut to him at home and he's wearing a gray sweatsuit. Yes, he is. Noted. <laughs> I think it's a police academy sweatshirt. Sweatsuit, yeah. It's either that or a college because it has that like shield shape logo. Mm-hmm. It's serving um, Clary Starling training at Quantico. <laughs> maybe i've yeah. seen the silence of the limbs way too many times but you know that yeah. scene where she's jogging in the woods yes i feel that he's wearing like this gray sweatsuit <laughs> and this cop again this cop is like such a sub character this blonde lady cop comes in to talk to him and be like you doing okay i don't know what his character's name is to me he's just nicholas cage his name is edward malice such a weird like again are they trying to do something with that last name like it's symbolic it's like m-a-l-u-s but it sounds like like malice malice (laughs) malice yeah she's like overacting the fuck out of her like two lines Mm -hmm. and then we see her again in the police station like in a few scenes later and again she like comes in and hangs in the doorway and is like "Hey, hey what's going on and then like lingers way too long and then just leaves and you're like is this character important does she matter at all why is she here really matters but my favorite was when she says is the accident still bothering you and he just goes some yeah like totally (laughs) nothing just there's nothing going on behind his eyes ever they ever found the bodies and she's like they didn't car wasn't even registered and he's like what that makes no sense what but then it somehow makes sense to him when he opens this letter so the cop gives him his like get well cards from everyone at the station and one of the notes is from an ex of his and the note says something like I have a beautiful daughter and she's been missing for two weeks but they show the letter and her handwriting looks like benjamin franklin handwriting <laughs> she has a wax seal on the letter and one of those little red stringies you know what i'm talking about like little yeah, red the tiny little, bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. and he's not suspicious at all about this yeah letter. like what is this old timey letter written with a quill and ink like he's like oh a child a child is missing I yeah, must of course. <laughs> because I'm a police officer. I care about the children. I've got to save this child. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, this you're a traffic cop. You're a traffic cop. <laughs> yeah, honey. You're, tra- you're not saving anyone. <laughs> no. And then he goes to the police station and he sees that cop again and she's acting, mm-hmm. but nothing comes of her. But he talks to a guy cop and shows him the letter. And the cop is like, oh, an ex of yours. The plot thickens. Like, he just wants to spill the tea. Yeah, he's so like, bad. oh, how old is this kid? And how long ago did you date? Oh. Yeah. And then Nick's like, I don't know, but uh, I don't think it's my kid. But, I mean, I think I should help. Yeah, and like, but the cop is like, I mean, 
the cop is like, I mean, didn't she leave your ass? Like, why are you gonna? That's not your kid. Like, say right, it, like, this letter's kind of weird, man. Like, I don't know. Yeah, he's Stay like, I wouldn't it. get involved in it. Like, oh, and like another thing that he's saying is like that the island is like impossible to get to. And he's like, yeah. once you're on the island, you're gonna be stuck there. And like, I wouldn't want to put myself at risk of that if I were you. <laughs> like, you don't know where the fuck you're going, dude. And yeah. like, just like, I got it. Don't sweat it. <laughs> so oh, yeah and he says that the place is called summer's isle and it shows a brief scene before this where nick cage was googling on his like ancient laptop because this is 2006 uh-huh and it says something about the island being a farmer's commune uh-huh and, and they're like, like come on we all know that's code for a cult like how dumb are you you're a cop and you're a not farmer's commune on a sequestered <laughs> island yeah that not does nothing about that screams cult to you yeah. <laughs> you're supposedly you're a traffic cop in rural california and you're not suspicious of any of this yeah um so he he boats down he boats over there i suppose it's not down there it's over over and up (laughs) he boats over and out and he finds a guy with a water plane and he's like can you give me a ride to summer's island he's like is it a private island is it a water plane i thought it was a helicopter remember how it lands in the water and then yeah, later the guy okay. comes back but it's the guy's like gone and he like goes in the boat yeah is oh okay. a biplane i think Do they have straight planes so anyway he bribes the guy and the guy's like yeah i'll take you <laughs> which like that was pretty easy yeah people are so that just goes to show like capitalism in america like you can bribe anyone to do anything in any movie or book (laughs) that happens in america they're like just slip them 50 bucks and they'll do it that is so true (laughs) people here are desperate for like 25 (laughs) dollars yeah (laughs) so he lands there and he climbs up this rocky coast which i think it's worth noting that he's wearing a suit and dress shoes which is like the least logical outfit choice to come to this (laughs) random island you know that on that uh biplane ride he's like as long as i got my suit and tie i'm leaving (laughs) (laughs) i'm dressed up to the nines i'm gonna show you up to your things he's like i'm about to go get my dick wet with my old goyle friend after i save her daughter this is gonna be he wore that suit (laughs) easy peasy yeah well then he walks he walks on all this rocky terrain and is like running around this island of woods like in his dress shoes and he has a just a little bag of stuff like a little travel bag <laughs> yeah he really he travels light and he has a flip phone of course and a flashlight but no other survival tools or anything oh man so he is walking up the hill and this old crone i think that's an apt term to apply an old crone asks him if he's lost his bearings and she's like it's private property you piece of shit and she says if the harbor pilot brought you here he'll need a good talking to 
And so Nick's like, well, I'm here because there's a missing child. And then there's this guy carrying a big sack with something moving around in it and it's dripping. Yeah. And then Nick Cage is like, what's in the bag? A shark or something? And Why people, would it be a shark? <laughs> I haven't, because he's like, we're on an island, question mark. Like, wouldn't it be a fish or like a crab? This is the Pacific Northwest. You're, you're a cop and you see something like, wriggling around in a large brown sack with blood oozing out of it and you're like oh must be a shark and then they like they like pull his leg and they're like oh you want to see what's in the bag (laughs) and then like he goes to open it and then they all just sort of like goose him like he never saw what was in the bag right he never no he never it was a very confusing moment uh but he asked them he showed them the photo of the little girl that was in the letter he's like do you recognize this little girl at all and they say uh no but like why are you asking and he said oh well maybe you know her mom her mom's name is willow they're like ah sister willow she's over at the mating house a bit of a free spirit and so he's just like okay cool where's the mating house like he's not weird like he doesn't have anything to say with that also i like how she says bit of a free spirit is her way of saying she's a total whore yeah (laughs) (laughs) like this woman said bit of a free spirit (laughs) we should just use that from now on like anytime free spirit (laughs) yeah she's you know a free spirit she marches to the beat of her own drummer (laughs) (laughs) so he's like all right i guess i'll go look for this bitch so he keeps walking up the hill and then he walks into a pub full of women and there's like a few old men around but this island is pretty much all women except for these few like old like eunuch seeming men yes and this Uh, woman behind the bar looks so familiar a lot of the actresses in this movie are very familiar and I kind of figured out where I know some of them but I couldn't I didn't look up who this woman was but I'll figure that out later yeah and he goes up to the bar and he's like are you the barmaid (laughs) (laughs) that's really normal to ask someone yeah like wouldn't you be like the barmaid I guess you I would say like are you the bartender but they are all wearing like very um little house on the prairie style clothing yeah they're wearing like early night like 1905 style clothing yeah and so he asked this bitch if she's the barmaid and she's like my name is sister beach and you're a cop from california (laughs) (laughs) and then he's like "Uh uh-huh how'd you know that and then willow his ex-fiance appears and she's trying really hard to look like angelina jolie what are they doing to her makeup she looks terrible everything about the styling of her is terrible it is quite bad the eyebrows are very thin which i understand is a 2000s trend that we all not even but i mean that was that was like 90s the skinny like point yeah it it sort of normalized in the mid 2000s so this was a weird i think by 2006 her eyebrows should have been more normal yeah like just a little more full something happening in the front like you know the front tuft and then the skinny line from there yeah so uh willow takes his bag upstairs because sister beach now agrees to have him stay there and Mm -hmm. then she hands him some mead 
and he just chugs it no questions asked just chugs it and then he's kind of drunk immediately he's like i'm here on official police business and it's anything but fine when a person is lost especially a child and then he kills a bee like just smacks it and everyone gets very upset everyone like an audible gasp throughout the room he's like sorry i'm allergic great job way to tell everyone exactly how to torture and kill you yeah like just a casual drop he's like oh that's like being like oh no i can't drink any mead i'm allergic yeah. <laughs> drinks mead Bleh. i'm a captain i need to make sure <laughs> it is anything but fine when a person is lost especially a child <laughs> And the way he delivers it is so, it's just. He does get drunk really fast. That's a good point. I also thought it was so weird that they just like had mead. And the way she was, the lady was like, it's honey. And I don't know what mead's made out of. It's honey wine. (laughs) Yeah, she just goes up. She's like, this right here is the drink of the island. It's honey wine. We call it mead. Like, no one's ever heard of it before. Like, they've been drinking this since the 16th century, bitch, okay? Like, you're not cool. This isn't special. It's weird that you have mead and nothing else. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird that that's all you have, but it's not weird that you have have it. it. Yeah. Perhaps in addition to some other beverages. I don't know. Yeah, it would make more sense. (laughs) So anyway, Willow, like, slips him a note that says she's being watched, but she needs to talk to him. And she asks him to meet her out. She just calls it beyond the point. I was going to say, I'm looking at your notes and I'm like, beyond the point. That's what she calls it. He needs to be extra careful. And somehow he knows what beyond the point means because he meets her in the forest. (laughs) And he's like, again, no emotion from Nicolas Cage. He's like, where did you go all those years ago? Why did you leave me? And then she goes, well, why do we do anything we do in life? <laughs> like, he, what? And also, he, he says something about how, like, this place is super fucking weird. And she yeah. said, well, yeah, I mean, I was so nervous when we were engaged that I just came back home. Yeah. And I'm like, if you were engaged to her, and you were getting married you never knew where she was from you never went to meet the family never right. asked You're her like, where does anything? your mom live yeah where are you, you from what, what's up with that weird island you're from yeah like she never mentioned anything about that she grew up on an island that was like all women yeah that would be an interesting thing to add maybe when you're getting married right general like knowledge about the person and like who they are is a good thing to know before you marry someone (laughs) so she basically doesn't answer any of her any of his questions she doesn't tell him why she left exactly other than that she was scared she doesn't tell him who the baby daddy is or where her daughter is or why she's missing there's no explanation she's just like she's missing and i need your help to find her and he is like I'm a terrible cop, so that's enough info. He's like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, he's okay, like, I can uh, run with that. I can run with that. Uh, so what are the chances you come to my room tonight? <laughs> yeah, he is like, so like, 
DTF? <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> so he goes back to his room. And he witnesses some strange old ladies downstairs saying a poem in unison. Very casual. Nothing weird about that. <laughs> about the wicker man's return and something about death and rebirth. Yes. Nothing <laughs> concerning about any of this. No, he when doesn't a group of women it. are saying things in unison, they're definitely not casting a spell. No. And then a teenage girl comes out from around the corner and she's just casually biting into an apple and this is what he brings up his audiobook again <laughs> he goes he's like did someone go through my bags i'm missing my audiobooks they're called everything's okay and she goes what okay cool whatever <laughs> yeah which i thought was very weird they never revisit this with an explanation as to why they would take those no and so like there's no it doesn't say that they took anything else of his stuff so i'm like so they just that that's so bizarre they didn't take his flashlight or his flip phone yeah which you would think they would want the flip phone more than anything if they're trying to like get rid of stuff that's like too technological or something right or anything he could possibly use right for any purpose yeah <laughs> like so he has a bunch of dreams and like flashbacks to the girl in the car with the doll and like the fire and the station wagon. And then he wakes up in what we can only presume to be a cold sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Great notes, Helen. Thanks. <laughs> I really like some of the lines I come up with while I'm recapping these. I appreciate it because my notes make no sense and half the time it's just like autocorrected nonsense. Yeah, I do get a lot of autocorrect, especially with names. Yeah. Yeah. Like the name, the little girl's name is Rowan, R-O-W-A-N, which I've heard that name before, but when you try to type it, it just autocorrects to a bunch of different things. Yeah. Yeah. So he, after he wakes up from his dream, he looks out the window and he sees like the little, the back of the little girl running away. And so he chases after her out of the hotel and bar, what have you and into a creepy barn and then he climbs a ladder into the hayloft following like what sounds like a child crying and then he steps onto like a rotten patch of wood and he falls through the floor and then somehow manages to hang on and like swing himself back up onto the landing which I don't know if you've ever even tried to pull yourself out of the pool, but it is very hard. <laughs> very difficult. There's no way. I honestly do not think he's that strong. I mean, he's no. not like an out of shape guy, but he's also not like a very, in. he's just an he's average. trim, but he's not like muscular. Yeah. I mean, he could be weirdly strong, but I don't know. I would be see him. He's he only has two outfits in this movie. Mm -hmm. and it's a full on suit and tie with slacks and a belt and dress shoes or he's just in like a like an undershirt that only men of our like dad's generation and older wear where it's just a white tees. yeah I think some younger men wear it when they're wearing like a suit but other yeah. than that don't really wear the white undershirt mm -hmm. he's wearing that and like navy boxers so he's either in navy boxers and that yeah. Or he's in a full-on suit. There's no in-between. He didn't bring any other clothes. Yeah. 
He brought the most practical clothes to come to an island in the Pacific Northwest and hunt for a missing child. A suit <laughs> and some boxers. Maybe some, I don't know, some track pants, some jeans. Yeah. A sneaker. Yeah. A sneaker would have made a lot Arch of support, fun. sir. <laughs> God, good God, Nicholas. So after he falls through the hayloft for no discernible reason. The scene was unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, was like that doesn't really that. happen for any reason. It's just like to reiterate that he's looking for the girl and he keeps like missing her and it's semi-mysterious. Yes. And then he's back in the pub and the teenage girls, I don't know why he's asking them about honey. Like he was drinking coffee or tea or something. Yeah, he's eating toast and having oh. some tea or coffee. Yeah, and they're like, well, we don't have any honey for you. Not a drop, because our crop <laughs> was cursed last year. And he's like, oh, your curse, your crop was cursed. That's weird. And then he sees a bunch of little girls in white dresses in photos, and they're surrounded with like a circle of flowers around them. And then Sister Beach creepily pops up with her little house on the prairie braid. And she's like, that's the Harvest Festival. We do it every year. Very midsummer energy. And then he goes back outside now because the teenage girl was kind of his waitress, but then she left to go chop a bunch of wood. Yeah, inexplicably, of course. So he goes out to ask her some questions while she's chopping wood. And he's asking where he could find Willow. And she said that she's up the hill and through the woods with the school house people mm-hmm. like the children and the teacher mm-hmm. and he's like oh wait but what's the event happening day of tomorrow and she says that's a weird way to say it do you mean day after tomorrow and he's like no I thought you I thought I heard you guys say it like that I meant tomorrow and she's like I already told you what's happening tomorrow and then she weirdly goes when you leave will you take me with you and grabs then his arm like uh and he just, just stumbles away. away yeah he stumbles away and is like uh so then like while he's walking over to the schoolhouse he walks by a bunch of pregnant women like a lot of extremely pregnant women and then he stumbles into the schoolhouse and the teacher is teaching them about phallic symbols <laughs> yeah She's like, what is the one thing that like the world forces upon us all constantly? And the little girls are like, the phallus. <laughs> the phallus. He's and like, oh, like, what is happening in here? It's changed a lot since I was a boy. <laughs> yeah. And then he shows his badge and he's like, I'm a cop. And all the kids are like, cool. Yeah, he ex- <laughs> he does that thing a lot of adults do where they think kids are going to be really into something. Yeah, and, and the kids like, are all like, whatever. whatever, we give zero fucks. <laughs> yeah. And then he is like, where is she? Where is she? And he writes Rowan Woodward on the board and chalk like a psycho. And all the girls are like, we know, we don't know her. I've never heard of her. But there's an empty desk. And then he goes over and he's like, why is this desk empty? And then he opens the desk and there's a crow inside. Yeah, a crow flies out. And he's like, why the fuck was this crow in here? 
this is the part of the movie where he starts saying fuck a lot yeah randomly he starts saying he's like what the fuck was there a bird in here and they say oh we trapped it at the desk so we could see how long it would stay alive and he's like what the fuck <laughs> fuck so then he finds Rowan's name in the attendance record and the teacher, whose name is Sister Rose, he's like, what's up, bitch? You better tell me what's up. <laughs> and she takes him outside and she's like, Rowan is dead, but we don't believe that death is final. Rowan died in an accident. And she says, so first she says, she died in an accident. She'll burn to death. And then a second later, she says, she burned to death which i thought it it was sort of like a shutter island or something where it's implying that time is not a line time is like a continuous loop or something yeah i I think that she just misspoke like she blew her own spot up and like ratted herself out saying like she'll burn to death because spoiler alert someone's gonna burn to death yeah she realized she fucked up and she said she burned to death i think the movie was trying to trick us a lot like throw in little clues that weren't actually clues yeah because the actual twist everything's okay i think the actual twist is quite predictable Mm -hmm. but if you're trying to puzzle it all together too much Mm -hmm. then it, it just distracts you from the actual plot yeah very true so he finds a graveyard why how doesn't matter he just stumbles around and is like i'm gonna find her grave if she's dead i'm gonna find her grave yeah oh yeah he's trying to find proof that she's dead yeah so he finds a graveyard and willow is just chilling there barefoot Mm -hmm. She's always barefoot too. Yeah. I think he doesn't question women are barefoot. Yeah, I think most of them because it's like the weird commune thing. Um, and then she randomly asks him to forgive her. And then she kind of lets it slip that Rowan is his daughter. Yeah. Like he's the baby daddy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. so then she takes him to Rowan's room and kind of shows her the kids like, like all her stuff yeah. and stuff yeah yeah her clues and she just says that oh i left to go to the market for only 30 minutes and when i came back rowan was gone and all of her stuff was missing um and so he looks under the desk and it's like a bunch of scribbling and red crayon mm-hmm. and it says help me or save yeah. me something underneath yeah which was another weird thing that they just threw in there to trip us up i think i don't know it didn't really have anything to do with anything but then he sees the biplane mm-hmm. out the window <laughs> and he like and runs so- down there in his dress shoes to try to get yeah. it for the radio <laughs> yeah. so he runs down there and he um opens his flip phone and he's just waving it around trying to get service on the dock which he does not and then he just sits there for a while and yeah. is very sweaty. And we don't know how much time passes, but he hears like a clanking noise, like a thunk, thunk, thunk. So he looks down and uh, the dock has little. Oh, like, yeah. Like, uh-huh. Um, so you can see the water underneath it. Mm-hmm. And so he sees like a child's 
blonde head and a bunch of blood so he dives under there and goes to grab the body but then oopsie nikki just had some sleepy time again it was all just a dream and he didn't actually see the dead body under there so he dives into the water anyway he takes off all his clothes except for his boxers and his white undershirt again mama mia here we go again and he dives into the water to get to the biplane and the which radio. was very unnecessary because there was another line of the dock that went to where the biplane was yeah he didn't have he to could have just walked water. down the dock and after having that nightmare he just was like he okay shaked. he shared into the core but he just jumped in the water so he yeah. just like had the nightmare and didn't i don't know which is really weird it was really weird but the radio is broken so he returns to land and puts on his suit again he knocks on a random cottage door that he must have known was the doc like there's a woman named dr moss mm-hmm. and she's the one who takes the photos for the harvest festival uh-huh. and he somehow knew this was her house because he she answered and he was like you're dr moss she was like, like uh yeah yes um so he asks if he can see the photo from the harvest festival and she's like uh i've got the negative i could print you a copy if you want but she has a book on the table called rituals of the ancients just casually (laughs) on the table light reading for the afternoon and so he's nikki is spying now and he sees dr moss and a couple of women in beekeeping suits leave so he breaks into her house while she's gone and he f- goes into the rituals book and in the book is some shit about a ceremony of human sacrifice of a young girl to ensure the fertility of crops for the coming year. AKA remember how these bitches said they didn't have any honey because their crop was cursed. Done, done, done. So he rips that shit out and he runs and he shows the picture of Rowan to Willow because there was a picture of Rowan in the book of the harvest record because one of the pictures of like the harvest festival that was in the bar was missing and the frame was broken and he was like where's that picture and they were all like it must have gone missing so he finds the picture in Dr. Moss's house and he goes to Willow with it and he's like you live here you must know something about this what does this mean and she just starts crying and then he's like we're gonna find her don't be worried we're gonna find her and then she kisses him and it's weird that she's like not into it it's a very like yeah. face touching but nothing happening type yeah, kiss. Sort of like Meh. <laughs> yeah but he's like into it because he's on an island with women and he's trying to solve a mystery so i guess those two things combined make him horny <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's just vaguely horny yeah he's like i have a mystery to solve and i'm a little troubled by a lot of things but i mean i've got the five minutes if you do yeah he's like me what's another you know maybe maybe 10 maybe 15 maybe i don't know i don't know it's been a few days (laughs) (laughs) so then he just abandoned like they're kissing and then he's just like i'm gonna go find her don't worry and he just runs off (laughs) so he just runs off back into the woods and he runs into some dudes like the few dudes that are on the island are all Mm -hmm. doing some form of manual labor or task he's like trying to be a man's man yeah so he's like oh i can help you with that log 
but then he fucks everything up and spills all the logs off of the cart and they almost crush this one dude to death so he saves the dude and then tries to talk to the guy and the guy is just like ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah like they don't talk all of them are like silent ish yeah. anyway and then he bicycles around casually which is exactly what a normal father would do after finding out his daughter's most likely going to be sacrificed <laughs> a little a little cyclery and then naturally because he's the worst and most oblivious police officer ever of all time. He cycles directly into a giant field of beehives and then gets stung by a bazillion bees while he's trying to run away. And then he passes the fuck out. Yeah, he rolls. First, he cycles. The wheel hits a beehive and he like ties off. Yeah. off of it. And then he rolls down this hill into some more beehives and then passes the fuck out. And then when he wakes up, he's he wakes up, he sees Dr. Moss sitting there. And he's like, uh, where am I? What happened? And she's like, Oh, you're at the home of Sister Summer's Isle. And he asks if she used an EpiPen to save him or an adrenaline shot. And she says she treated the danger the old way. What does that mean? So she yeah, like, sucked it she out. Sucked it out. What yeah, is that? I had a lot of questions. I was like, did she put like leeches on the bites or something? Or like she just sucked it out? Or there's no explanation. Yeah. But he's totally fine. And then he wanders outside to find an elderly lady in the garden. And the old lady is like, I can tell what she sees in you a kind of rough potential. And he's like, thanks, I guess. <laughs> that's exactly what he says <laughs> he goes thanks i guess no emotions to be had with nicholas cage and then they have like a weirdly cryptic conversation about ritual sacrifice and mother nature which again he doesn't really seem to be that concerned by and then <laughs> she gives him a history of the salem witch trials and the founding of their island which feels vaguely like anti-feminist propaganda. Yeah, I think this whole movie, it's strange though, because I read, I haven't seen the 1973, 1974 version, which is a British film. Mm. And in that one, the island is off the coast of Scotland. Ooh. And that one seems crack. In that one, the main character is super Christian. Oh, so it's and, like a religious thing. Yeah, it's almost like it's a like paganism versus Christianity mm. theme. The whole movie is built kind that of on that. Midsummer energy. Whereas this one seems a lot more like male versus female, masculine versus feminine. Yeah. And it's insinuating that, oh, the feminine is all crazy. These women are yeah. all just crazy ladies and they're evil. Right. It's And weird. they're mysterious, but they're evil. Yeah, I don't, they, I don't like that vibe of it. It's weird. They use men for breeding only, and somehow they only have female children. Yeah, and he asks, what happens if someone ha- happens to have a boy child? And they said, well, we have a few ways of dealing with it. Yeah, again, no explanation. But then in, I did, that triggered a memory in that scene of when he was first mm-hmm. going through Dr. Moss's house. Mm-hmm. She had jars with fetuses. fetuses in them. Lots of fetuses. 
So are they doing IVF and selecting the gender? Is that what we're supposed to? They never explain really any of it. No. Including why she has all those fetuses and jars in her house. This does seem like a movie, though, that has a lot of deleted scenes. Yeah. I mean, I am sure the entire movie could have been one deleted scene. Yeah, <laughs> They could have just never released this film, and that would have been fine. They could have cut out him running around and then Someone added in that. some stuff that actually made sense. Yeah. Because then after that conversation, he just runs around more. Now he's all angry and he's like, I'm going to find her body. I'm going to find her body. So he goes to dig up like a freshly dug grave and he only finds like the charred doll from the accident. And then he hears crying. So he follows the sound of crying into a weird, creepy crypt, for lack of a better word. And he finds like the red sweater that the girl that he's been seeing this whole time has been wearing. And then he is just shouting, Rowan, Rowan, like as he's wandering. Rowan. And he jumps into the water because he thinks she's underwater again. Assumes that her body's in the water, which she would be dead. Why? Why? Yeah. And then a beekeeper woman shuts the little door he unlatched. And then now he's trapped in the water and he has some more bee nightmares. Yes. <laughs> and then he gets in, but he has to like, in order to go in the water in the crypt, he has to kind of open this door and swim under it. Mm-hmm. So then one of the ladies just shuts the door on his face. He's like, I can't get out. I can't get out. Has this like little tiny sliver of air to breathe under this grate. Yeah. And he has some more like weird fever dreams. And then Willow finds him and lets him out. And then <laughs> this is one of the scenes that was in the classic YouTube video. He yes. grabs the burnt doll <laughs> and he goes, how to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? <laughs> and then he kisses her and he's like, go away. I'm going to save this. He's like, wait, kid. go go back to the house and wait for me. I'm going to save every, I'm going to figure it out. Classic. So then he runs to Sister Summersild house and he finds a naked <laughs> old man in bed and then a room with a naked lady who's covered in bees. He's just opening, you know, and this happens in a lot of films where someone's running through a house and they're mm-hmm. opening door. I feel like it's almost a 2001 A Space Odyssey kind of thing where he's just like, or monsters egg where you're mm-hmm. opening the doors and finding things inside yeah. he just opens one of the doors and it's a man whose face is swollen from like bee stings yeah. and he's nude but his package is covered like with like a, bl- a sheet cloth. yeah, yeah. With, like a silk sheet and then in another room is the naked lady covered in bees yeah and the bees and her legs are like kind of spread but the bees are all like covering her her hoo-ha yeah <laughs> and then he runs into sister rose and she's wearing a bird mask and he she's riding a bike and wearing a bird mask and he does he have a gun at this point or is he just shouting with no enforcement he he does have his gun and he's waving it at everyone and because he's like this is power this is power right here this is masculinity honey he's like get off the bike no step away from the bike take your stupid mask off (laughs) 
And then he goes back to the pub and he asks all the men in there for help, but none of them talk. And so they just stare at him and say nothing, but have a weird energy about them. And then he goes into another house. And <laughs> he's just running into houses at this point. And he's telling, he's like just running into houses and searching through everyone's rooms for no reason. And then he says, you have my permission to stay out of the fucking way. Yeah, because the one woman in the, one of the houses goes, do you have permission to be in here? What are you doing? And he says, you have my permission to stay out of the fucking way, bitch. And then he runs around ripping the masks off of the faces of the children and the just kicking all- down doors. He's just running around. <laughs> the children all have like animal masks for the festival and he's just ripping their masks off and saying, take off the fucking masks. Take off the fucking masks. And then he runs down to the dock in his dress shoes and he finds that the helicopter pilot has been murdered. And he's like, oh, no, no. And then he goes back to the pub and good old Sister Beach and her Laura Ingalls Wilder braid is like, what's up, you ghoul? And he punches her in the (laughs) face and knocks her out. He just straight punches her in the face. Equality. Equality. (laughs) So... Then we cut to the harvest ceremony. Everyone's wearing animal masks. Again, no explanation. Yeah, but then, so they show the ceremony is happening while Nick is still at the pub. Um, So Sister Beach is knocked out and the teenage girl who works at the pub enters and she just starts, like, she jumps on his back and starts attacking him. So then he throws her off and then just kicks her in the face. Like straight kicks her. It's just like brutal for no reason. And then there's a bear costume sitting there that she had left. So he just takes the bear costume and puts it on. And then he enters the crowd with all the people alongside Willow as they're marching along to their final like ceremony spot. And he's like, what's happening? And she's like, be cool, be cool, act casual. Yeah. (laughs) So then they get to the final location at the top of the hill. And he sees Rowan tied to a tree. So he just runs up the tree in the bear suit, totally blowing his cover. Yeah. And he just, the one woman is like, are you okay? What's going on? And he just punches her in the the face. face. Again, like just brutal. (laughs) Just punching everyone in the face. And he um, grabs a little girl and just runs off into the forest. But he's clearly outnumbered. Um, he, I guess, has his gun at this point and he has his flip phone, Mm -hmm. but the girl is leading him through the forest and he also just blindly trusts this girl. Yeah, he's like, okay, you lead the way. So he gets a random, this is another thing that they didn't explain at all. Mm -hmm. He gets a random call on his phone and he answers it and he's like, Pete, Pete, can you hear me? Who is Pete? And then I think that was the police officer that was telling him not to go there. But the call just breaks up. So nothing yeah. happens of that. And then Rowan leads him right back to all the women yeah. who happen to be standing around. What? A giant wicker man. Yes. <laughs> the wicker man. And so he is like, 
basically Willow is like, I was in on it all along. Or the old lady tells him, he's like, Willow was in on it all along. And they were planning to sacrifice you this whole time. The little girl was never missing. We just made it all up to bring you here so that we could burn you because we have to make a sacrifice and it's got to be a man. And honey, that man is you. (laughs) And then he goes, yeah back up I swear to god I will shoot you I will shoot you back up I will shoot you and then he tries to shoot and the gun clicks and then Willow just has the bullets in her hand and just like like drops them yeah drops them all the drama of it all and he goes you bitches (laughs) killing me will not bring back your goddamn honey your goddamn honey (laughs) And then did they break his legs? Yes. So this scene, <laughs> this next scene is the best scene of the whole movie. But the version on Amazon Prime cut out the bee torture scene. Yeah, they cut out the part where he puts on the bee helmet. And he you can see not the bees, not the bees. You hear part of the audio of it, but they don't uh-huh. show it in this version on Amazon Prime. I don't know yeah. why. It must be like the difference between the theatrical release and the extended or directors i don't know something like that but you hear him going oh my legs oh Oh, yeah because they it's like they tie him up by his legs after they break him and then he gets drawn up into the wicker man by them like pulling the rope up and then rowan sets it on fire and he just is like dangling in the bar going (laughs) oh Oh, my legs. You bitches. And then that just kind of like ends. Like he, it shows the woman burning for a while. And then you kind of see just like a shadow of like him dangling up there. And you hear him saying, fuck your honey. (laughs) (laughs) You bitches. (laughs) You bitches. And then from there, we cut to six months later. And whoa, whoa, who's here? But a young James Franco, pre-sexual assault allegations, etc. Yeah, 2006, James Franco appears. So weird that he was in this film at all. And especially because he was literally in it for like two minutes. And he and his like little police academy friend, which I don't know why their targets have to be in the police academy. That doesn't make sense unless they're like riding on the moral obligation of them to like come save these children like 12 years later. Maybe. But basically Willow and the girl from the bar, the Apple girl. Yeah. Are there and they basically like entrap them and she says when you leave here, will you take me with you? And then in the background, we hear, oh, my legs. Oh, not the bees. Oh, my legs. You bitches. How to get burned. 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 <laughs> what a ride. What a film. What a ride. But the only, I feel like the only good writing in this movie is that the girl says the same line the yeah will here will you take me with you that she said to him yeah. earlier like she had been practicing that was like a good yeah a good moment and like seeing that like play out at the end was kind of like oh so this is like a thing they do like more yeah. explanation but overall so many things unexplained so many questions so much 
terrible acting. Yeah. Oh, the bees. (laughs) Not the bees. (laughs) What, um, what would you rate it? Oh, man. I'm going to give it for how bad it was. Mm -hmm. I'm going to rate it maybe a nine out of 10. Yeah, I'm pretty close. Like I'm like a nine, a nine or an eight because it was entertaining because it was so bad. The only thing I will say though, is that I would have given it a 10, but I have seen two worse Nicolas Cage movies. What would you cite? What would you cite as two worse Nicolas Cage movies? Face Off. Yes. I'm going to take your face off. Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, Vampire's Kiss. Ooh, I've never seen that one. That one is so bad. It's hilarious. You need to watch that one next. It is also Halloween themed. I mean. I was going to say Vampire's Kiss. Damn. Yeah. I love Nicolas Cage. um, Like, because I love him. Because I hate him. Because I love him. And... (laughs) I love Moonstruck. Johnny, yeah, I lost my hand. I lost my bride. Johnny <laughs> has his hand. Johnny has, Johnny his, has bride. his bride. What do you want me to do? Just lock my pain away and forget about it? <laughs> I also, I think the reason why I love Face Off so much is because I also see Nicolas Cage is a bit more likable in general, but John Travolta is just so weird and terrible. Yeah. That the combination of those two in a movie is powerful. Yeah, it's powerfully bad. <laughs> it's dangerous. John Travolta's neck taking over his face. It's it scary. stopped though. He stopped it. <laughs> I Googled this extensively. Because part of the reason your neck gets beefy is like if you're working out like wrong or something. And I think he gained a bunch of weight and then he started working out right. And so his neck stopped taking over his head. I really want to watch. Have you heard that John Travolta plays John Gotti? Yes, we need to watch that. I really want to watch that because I've heard that it's really bad. We need to watch that. I've been thinking about it. It popped up on one of my apps and and I was like, we must watch Gotti. You know, it's horrible. You know who produced it? Oh God, who? Um, so you know on Vanderpump Rules. Sorry, this is a. If you like horrible reality TV, you might know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But on the show called Vanderpump Rules, there is a girl on there named Lala, and Randall. Yeah, she had a baby with a guy who's a really shitty Hollywood producer, and he produced the Gaudy movie. And it Randall. is like a huge flop. <laughs> wow. Well, then we have to watch it. We're morally obligated for Lala. Yeah. And I think she has a cameo Lala. in this. I mean, I'm sure she does. Wow. Yeah. We've got to watch but, it. Yeah. And this producer, he's also known for producing things that are like, he somehow, there's a thing where people produce movies that are purposefully bad and they still make money off of it yeah some sort of scam thing like tax i I don't know how they do it but but they be out here doing it randall be out here doing it well we have to watch it we really should we have no choice we must watch it 
But what <laughs> will we watch next? Will it be Vampire's Kiss? Will it be something else spooky? It's Helen's choice. So it won't be spooky. <laughs> tune in next week. I'm gonna find out. Spooky. I ain't no spooky bitch. <laughs> what is that from? A RuPaul's Drag Race, of course. <laughs> I forgot. Well, join us next time for more Halloween, the Halloween and the reason for the season. Join us next week to find out what we watch on the worst thing I've ever watched. Yes. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram. Yes. Search W-T-I-E-W underscore pod. And we're thinking about making a Patreon soon, as well as a TikTok. So watch out. Hold on to your butts, because it's about to get wild. <laughs> it's going to be a bumpy ride. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Oh, my leg. Not the bees. Oh. Not the bees. Not the bees. No. My legs. My legs. All right. Catch <laughs> us next time, y'all. Peace out. <laughs>